name is Antonio, also known in-game as Hispanic Link. Welcome to the League of Learning Wild Rift podcast. Here we are looking to help new players grow their knowledge and continue improving in the game. We have a sponsor. Their name is Beardfish Gaming. They sell magic and Pokemon on TCGplayer.com. So if you want to support the podcast, feel free to buy cards from Beardfish Gaming or Beardfish Direct on TCGplayer.com. We also have some social medias you can follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handles are all Learn Wild Rift or at Learn Wild Rift. So feel free to look us up there. If you have any questions or things you'd like to let us know about our podcast and how we can improve it, you can email us at learnwildrift at gmail.com. We also have a Reddit that's r slash learnwildrift, and we have a Discord and YouTube as well. So feel free to follow us on there. We're trying to grow all these communities, so every person matters, and we are looking forward to meeting all of you. All right, so we've made it to episode three. We're like an official podcast now. Are we? I've been working on our Apple podcast feed and our Spotify accounts, and it is slow going, but I hope to have those up. I think our soft launch is going very well. Our initial feedback I've been getting from our first listeners, they seem to really like it. The first episode was a little long, but that's okay. They're with us for the ride, and now that we have that feedback, we're going to work on having shorter episodes. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I think shorter episodes are better. What have you been liking about this podcast so far? Have you enjoyed making it? Even for me, it's been a couple of them have been. Well, mostly the first episode, but gotta get the kinks out. That was a bit long and I was living it. So We were learning how to not be long-winded. We were learning how to explain ourselves succinctly. And we did it all in the time frame of a week. One whole seven-day period. And now we're basically professionals. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but... Well, okay. I think we are learning how to podcast. I think so, too. Adjust the mic a little bit. You? Me? Me. I was adjusting my mic a little bit. I think it was a bit close, and I don't want there to be too much breathing on my track. I bet people love breathing. It's okay. I actually have been... I've been learning a lot about podcast editing. I hope to have intro music at some point for us. Uh, I have a very special track in mind, actually, that I think will be cool for our podcast. And um, then after that, I think we're going to try. We really desperately got to get our video up. It's just another forum we can put our uh, podcast on. I guess. Maybe what we can do for our first videos that didn't have video, or our first podcast that didn't have video, rather. What we can do is we can go back and we can use kind of like, have you ever seen the judge scripter where people will take like Twitter feeds and they'll use, there's a video game that's a judge game, and or a judge game, it's a lawyer game, and you'll see, like, it's animated, and there'll be, like, objection, overruled, sustained, you know, all the, you know, wonderful court speak. But uh, maybe we can get one of those video translators and apply it to our first few podcasts that don't have video, and then we'll upload those to YouTube. I'm sure that'll go over very popularly. I don't know. I'm a little confused, but that's okay. I'll show you after the podcast. It's not like we okay. live together or anything, you know. Can't nope. just walk across the hallway and see you in your office. That's okay, though. You can actually see me in my office. This is Beardfish Gaming, if anybody's wondering. Could use a little TLC, but I think it does pretty good for itself. And those, hold on, let's see if I can point the right way. So these boxes right here, those are fat pack, empty fat pack, or empty bundle boxes nowadays, as they're known, stacked from there to the floor 
So lots of empty boxes. If you need an empty box, I might be your guy. Okay, but let's, all right, we've had enough wonderful banter. I think three and a half minutes is enough to make people wait for their, you know, podcast materials. So let's do a couple updates. The first one is we had a stat in our last podcast that we completely lied about. And it wasn't on purpose. It was because after we did our podcast that evening, I ended up playing four more games, bringing the total for that day to 18 games instead of 14 games. So 18 games in one day, Cleve. And that's something else you might notice today. We're missing two of our very favorite podcast hosts from the League of Learning Wild Rift podcast. Our friends Ryan slash Kanan and Cleve slash Dave are not with us today. They unfortunately completely walked off the job. No one knows if they're really coming back. I, I, I'm pretty sure they're coming back. You think so? I think they would have said something if they weren't coming back. All right. Okay. I guess that's fair. I think we can give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they like hanging out with us and chatting about League. It's a pretty fun time, I'd say. I hope so. Uh, I just want to talk about how I said last episode, please only buff Nunu. Well, my prayers were answered, and actually in this latest patch notes that they sent us, Nunu is in fact getting a buff on his first ability, arguably one of his best abilities. Uh, so Consuma's going to have two seconds less of cooldown at every level. It's going to be pretty great. What's his first ability? His first ability is the bite ability, and so that's when you go ahead and you deal a bunch of damage to them, and then you also, oh, I just bumped my mic, and then you also heal for a pretty decent amount okay yeah and so there's consume is his first ability there's snowball barrage is his third ability there's absolute zero is his ultimate and then i believe his uh his second ability is called giant snowball but i'm not 100 percent on that and then he has a passive called call of the free horde and that's um all of his abilities so that's Nunu. He's a, a Yeti and his boy. Oh, okay. All right. We've talked about the two least most important updates out of this batch of three. So, Emily, we got to cover it. This is your time, your section. So please enlighten us. Tell us how your league experience has been going this week and tell us how many team boosts do you have left. I played a couple games earlier this week. I don't remember which day. So I just played two games. So I used two team boosts. So I was at 76 and went down to 74. And of course, after those games, I got boxes or whatever that gave me two no. more team boosts. These these two games that we played just before the podcast gave you two more team boosts afterwards? No, earlier this oh. week, it gave me two more. So you went back up to 76. So I was back up to 76. Okay. And All then, right. but now, since we played two games before this recording this, um, I'm down to 74 (laughs) nice congratulations that's awesome that's progress that is two less than last time yeah and luckily i didn't get two more after playing because that is what happened earlier this week and i was like i'm supposed to be getting these down why do you keep giving me these well because it turns out you're supposed to be using them more often than you probably are and that's okay probably and yeah. now that we know that, we're going to keep working on it. So I think next week you should shoot for 70 team boost to be your goal. Try to get down 70? from 74 to 70. Yeah. Okay. Seven zero from 7-4. I can probably do that. I think so. I think it's achievable. As long as you don't get too many extras. Yeah. Gotta just play a little bit more. I've been doing other stuff. 
Okay. So I think at this point, we've kind of, you know, talked a little bit about some of the topics we would like to cover today. Um, our main topic for today, as introduced by our last episode, is going to be mostly talking about micro and macro and what these silly words mean and how can you be better at them and how do they make you a better League of Legends uh, player by being better at these skills. And so Emily and I have been doing a little bit of research, you know, wanted to make sure that we knew the topics we were talking about at hand. And just a heads up, most of the things we talk about on here, you can actually go and then research afterwards on your own, independent of the podcast. And there will be materials out there for you to read, for you to watch, for you to listen to. There are going to be resources available that will help build the knowledge that we are just giving you as a basis here. Did you want to do any shout-outs to people? Um, I actually did have a couple shout-outs to people today. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah. I wanted to give a shout-out to our good friend, Acronotus. Uh, he's one of my friends on Wild Rift. I actually met him through a mutual friend that we both have on Wild Rift. And I just, you know, he's been a really chill guy. We ended up just, you know, becoming friends of mutual friends. But anytime he's on, I can feel free to shoot him a message. And, you know, we'll play bots. We'll play some PvP. I think he's starting to work on ranking up. Last I checked, he was Emerald 4, which means we can start playing together since I'm a Diamond 3. And that's that's really it. I just wanted to give him a shout-out for being awesome. And then I wanted to give a shout-out to our good friend, a little bit illiterate, or Kyle. And he's one of our early listeners and podcast supporters. And also he's a good friend on the Wild Rift app that's there to play some games and forgives me when I completely throw some of the matches that we've played. I remember there's one ranked game where I was 0-10, couldn't get an objective to save my life. And it was very late at night. And all I could think of was like, oh, my God, my friends must think I'm such a feeder. They probably do anyways. but Yeah, probably. At least with just me. It won't be so much of a Rose Antonio episode I don't as know much. That's true, yeah. I don't know if... Uh... Anyways, you did just say that I'm a feeder. So as far as this not roast podcast Antonio thing goes... I didn't you're... say not roast. I said less. <laughs> this is my lightly toasted podcast? Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Instead of full roast. Okay, so... Let's get into some definitions here. Let's talk about micro and macro. So we'll start with micro because that is more focused on the individual. Micro is all about what you can do, how good your mechanics are at a given champion, at the game in general. Do you understand a little bit about positioning, how to trade equally with your opponents, how to make sure that you aren't just feeding and constantly dying and making sure that you're coming out of every interaction with an enemy champ positive. And also, you know, micro can be things like setting up good kills or setting up traps using things like honey fruit positioning minions in your lane so micro is really all about how you take every little interaction in the game in your lane in an overall you know experience and turn them into positive advantages for yourself and so that's micro and then macro is more of that big idea thing in the game about like how do I group up with my team? How do I make sure we're hitting objectives? How do I keep track of where the enemy team is and try to avoid being caught out or isolated and make sure that I'm there to help my team get numbers advantages over other teams? Am I making sure that all my plays are going towards the ultimate goal of winning the game, securing objectives, uh, securing kills? What am I doing that isn't just running around 
staying in lane, doing nothing, and not really helping my team win. Did I miss anything, do you think? Does that sound about right? Sounded like a lot, so I think it was it was good. Yeah? Yeah. So, Emily, I know you like to play bots and stuff a lot. So what type of little advantages or microplay do you personally try to implement so that way you can be better against bots, be better for your teammates in bots games? What are you trying to do? Mm, I don't know if I'm really trying to do a lot um, because I only play, like I'm not a big, a big gamer. So I don't really think of strategies to kind of um, beat the other champion or whatever. I just kind of press buttons and try and, (laughs) to kill uh, minions or other champions or whatever. I don't really think about anything past that really a lot. And I've been trying to work on it, but... Hey, regardless of what any pros say, button mashing is a strategy because many people employ it at all times. And you know what? If that's the way you have fun playing the game, that's okay. But if you want to learn how to, you know, get more skills, maybe eventually be able to take on some players and stuff, there are definitely some lessons here that we can learn together to be able to make not only your play better, but my play better. Because I definitely have room to improve. I am mm-hmm. very much so of the mindset that I'm trying to learn as much as I can, even though I am also trying to teach as much as I can. That's coming from a place of I'm learning these cool things and I want to bring these cool things that I'm learning about to other people so they can learn about them too. Yeah. So even though you may not specifically be thinking about micro when you play, what are some of the goals that you try to achieve in your games? What are some things that are definitely important to you when playing a bots game that like, I want to help out with this. I want to make sure these things happen. What, what are you trying to do and what, what lanes do you try to play? So that way you can accomplish these things. I mean, I've been trying to learn to not be, just in my specific lane. Uh, That's how I started playing was I was really focused on the lane that I was supposed to be in and finishing that lane rather than maybe going to dragons or heralds or whatever. Um, Or if uh, another lane needs a little bit of help going over and helping them. So I've been trying to kind of, if my lane is doing okay, go over and maybe help somebody else or if somebody says let's go get dragon or or whatever I'll go and help them but I honestly just kind of like killing uh champions in my lane see champ kill champ is a great way to play this game but also I assume you focus on farming minions as well yeah and the yeah. concept you're introducing there about going and helping other lanes, going to other objectives, that's called rotating or roaming, and that's very important. Honestly, it puts yeah. you a lot of ahead of, of a lot of the people I play PvP and ranked with, because not all of them like to roam or rotate, and that makes me sad. I feel like in PvP and ranked, you kind of have to do more of that, where bots like... Or at least you're supposed to. Yeah, it's more helpful, I feel, but... Um... And bots, you can kind of do whatever you want because they're bots. They're not hard. They're not other players doing specific things. Um, So I definitely think when I play bots, and especially in the beginning, 
it's easy to just think, oh, I'm in my lane, and that's it. Time to stay in my lane. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what my bosses would want me to do. <laughs> um, all right. So something else I wanted to take a chance to define real quick is a term I used earlier called trading. Uh, it doesn't mean actually trying to trade like your life with your opponent's life. Like that's, I think some people might get that from the idea of trading, which is trading equally in league. It's actually about trading unequally. So if you and I, let's say are opposing champions and you and I get in a scuffle Mm -hmm. and you deal more damage to me than I dealt to you, that's a good trade in your favor. That means that when we interacted, you were able to deal more damage to me and create a more impactful like attack combo or, you know, damage output than I was able to do to you. And that's good because that means as more of those interactions happen, I'm more likely to die and you are not. Now, obviously this all gets, this is a basic concept. This doesn't introduce the idea of champions who maybe get more powerful as they have less health, maybe champions that are, you know, better in the early game versus the late game. And so sometimes at certain points in the game, you may trade unequally in like uh, your favor. So you get more, but let's say I'm on a champ that goes into the late game very well. Maybe later I'll have trades that are in my favor as opposed to, you know, yours yeah all right so what type of uh hmm. man i can't wait to cut this out (laughs) uh i think get your act together i know i think what i'm trying to say here is that micro and macro there's important concepts in the game more than just trying to beat the champ across from you there's the idea that this is a team game where it's 5v5 and there are different goals at different points in the games and being aware of those goals and trying to actively help your team to achieve those helps your team further along the pathway of the ultimate goal which is to win the game by destroying your opponent's nexus or by making them surrender those are really the only two ways you can win a game of league of legends i have yet to see a third one come out like maybe maybe if you kill Baron four times, five times in a game, that can be the alternate win con. You heard it here first, Riot. Killing Baron five times in a game at like sixty-five minutes or whenever the fifth Baron would actually spawn. I was like, that's a really long game, I feel like it is. how can you even hit that many? <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure, so I think that Baron you know what? Even though Ryan may not be here. Let's, in his honor, let's go ahead and get this Google going. And so what I'm going to Google here is how often does Baron spawn? A real life search. A real life search. We are really in this life searching for answers, aren't we all? (laughs) I mean, yeah. My computer didn't like the fact I was using Google at the same time as our recording app. So now, even though I can see that it's still recording, our video is frozen. Oh, it's starting to come back now. I was like, yeah, you were frozen. Okay, yep. maybe I will try. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all good. I'm still getting this Google search going. Okay, I don't want your... The toaster to crash? To, yeah, the toaster to crash. Oh, no. Okay. It paused for like nine seconds without updating the timer on the record time. I'm like, oh, here's the crash. It's coming. For those of you who listen to episode two, you will be very familiar with my computer crashing at this point. So there is one other topic that I think we will have time to cover tonight, and that topic is, can you get skills out of all game modes, and what kind of skills can you get out of certain game modes? 
And are there some skills that you can only get in some game modes versus others? And I think I think there are definitely some skills that you are more likely to get out of certain game modes than others. Uh, even though Ryan said you can't get skills out of bots games, which is fine. That's allowed. That was a, a great quip at the end of episode two. I'm not sure if you were still there at that time when he said that quote, actually. That was at the very end of the podcast after you left, I think. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, man. Google's spinning. Uh, good chance I go to my good friend Derek slash Chim Chims after this to go play some Wild Rift, go hang out for a minute. It's my good buddy. Good buddy, old pal, old friend Derek. I just want you to know my Google still hasn't loaded at this point. <laughs> okay. Are you going to try and I don't look even, it up? I, I don't even remember what we were looking up. That's how long it's been. So we're looking up how often Baron spawns. How often Baron spawns. In Wild Rift specifically, because there is a good chance that spawn timers can be different between PC League and Wild Rift. That's true. Because while they are same, they are different. Same, but different. How or different, often does Baron spawn in Wild at this point, I think for our followers, listeners, and friends out there, friends and fans, we can officially say that my Google search has failed. Did you end up finding any answers, my love? Um, This, like the first thing that pops up says, uh, it just says the monster spawns at 10 minutes and respawns three minutes after being slain. Yeah, okay. So, okay. So, theoretically... If you slay Baron at 10 minutes, it said? Yeah. So theoretically, if you slay Baron at 10 minutes, then it spawns at 13, where you can slay it again. Probably takes, like, let's say 30 seconds or whatever, right? It's not actually going to take 30 seconds. If Baron takes you 30 seconds, that's kind of, like, not the greatest. Also, taking Baron at 10 minutes is very, very hard, because usually most of the enemy team is still alive unless you wipe them like at 9.30 or whatever, 9 minutes and 30 seconds in the game. So <clears throat> make sure that if you are doing this, that it is only in theory crafting. Only take Baron or other objectives if you are safe and secure in doing so. Don't get your objectives stolen. Don't get your you know team killed because you guys are focusing Dragon really hard and the enemy team comes and wipes you. So just make sure that before you attempt any of what we're about to say, that you actually have a safe pathway to take Baron. But anyways, for that alternate win con we were talking about earlier, slaying five Barons, if you slay him at 10, and then 13, and then 16, and then 19, and then 22, 22-minute 22 game, slay five Barons. I mean, honestly, I'd be okay if it was at, you know, 30, 35 minutes or whatever. How many, however many Barons it takes to slay to win the game, that could be something good. Good alternate win con. Again, you heard it here first, Riot. Mm. <laughs> So to overview what macro is, it's really where you focus on helping your team, making sure their lanes are doing okay, that they're not getting absolutely abused by the enemy jungler, making sure that you can rotate towards scuttlers to help your jungle, taking over, you know, jungle camps that are available on the map, whether they be your own that have been left by your jungler, or the opponents that have been left by the opponent's jungler, making sure you take honey fruits from the opponent as often as possible, make sure you're rotating towards objectives, make sure you're not just running around doing nothing, making sure you're roaming to your team. So there's a lot of things that go into macro. 
And then your micro play is learning how to play your champs, learning what the abilities do, maybe doing a little bit of research into their combos, learning spacing, learning how to trade positively with opponents and that type of thing. And so by making your micro play and your macro play better, you should see not only more wins, but you should see teammates that are happier to work with you at the end of a game. You may or may not avoid some more flame if you get flamed a lot. I know I get flamed a lot and I try to do my best with micro and macro and it doesn't seem to help and that's okay. A bad jungle will always be a bad jungle. Let's talk about if you are another thing to think about for micro and macro is, is your champion champion in a frontline champion or a backline champion? And what do those things mean? A frontline champion is generally somebody who has engaged, can tank a lot of damage, and can make sure that they don't die while taking a bunch of abilities from enemy champions. And then the backliners are more your ranged or your heavy damage based champions that are a lot squishier comparatively and so that is another piece of your micro and macro there of are you the engaged for your team and if you are are you taking opportunities to engage the enemy team while you have advantageous situations while you and your teammates are around how would you know that you're a frontline person versus backline a lot of it's going to come down to your build. So if you're building a lot of armor, if you're building a lot, or if your champion's just generally a little bit more tankier slash healthy, like a Galio is a good example of somebody who can build tanky but doesn't have to and can still kind of tank a lot of damage. He's an ability power champ in a lot of cases as well. But like Nunu, Mundo, Renekton, Nasus, as the game goes on, these champions tend to stay tanky and have a lot of health and can sustain a lot of damage from the enemy team. And so those are going to be more of your tanks and engages, whereas assassins like Akali, Fizz, uh, maybe, you know, your Vi from the jungle, your Leesons, or your Bruisers, like, I'm trying to think of a Bruiser, I'm sorry. The only one I can think of is Darius. Darius is a Bruiser. Uh... There are other bruisers. I swear there are. There what exist. is a bruiser? Bruiser is kind of a middle point between a tank and an assassin. And that's not even all the champs either. I think they have six types of champions. There's tank. There's... All right, you know what? Using my phone this time instead of my computer so I don't crash my <laughs> stinking toaster again. I'm going to look up the types of champs in League of Legends. I think there's six types, if I remember correctly. Yep. So there's Assassin, Fighter, Mage, Marksman, Support, and Tank. Tanks are generally going to be your main engages. Your supports can also kind of be support engages, depending on how their CC works. Generally, support characters have a lot of crowd control or ability to prevent enemies from moving or doing things they want to do. And they can also kind of be your engages as well. You have your fighters, your marksmen, your mages, and your assassins. They're going to be kind of your backliners and more of going in there to finish the kills and making sure that the enemy team, if they venture too far into engaging your team, they kind of get punished for that. They can then lay into a bunch of abilities and kind of delete that champion. Now, this isn't to say that you can't be an engaged champion as an assassin or something, right? So, like, there are one-on-one -on -one engages where you can get the surprise on enemies or you can get advantageous positioning in a bush. And then as they move too far forward towards your turret or towards your enemy team, you can then 
surprise them and basically deal a bunch of damage to them using your abilities, maybe even one-shot them. And one-shotting somebody is when you take their health bar from 100% to 0%. That is called one-shotting. And so figuring out when you have advantageous situations to engage, like if there's enemies isolated, if you have a numbers advantage in a team fight or an objective fight, those are some times where maybe you can start getting a little more trickier and your tanky characters don't necessarily have to be the first to engage. It's a lot better in most cases when they do, because again, tanky champions can take a lot of damage and they'll be okay. But that is kind of the idea behind engaging in League, is you should do it when you have advantageous positioning and or advantageous team numbers. And you should make sure that if you are the engage in a situation, that you also leave yourself enough room to be able to peel without dying. Because not dying in engagements is very important, because the more characters you have alive, the more you can push number advantages, the more you can take turrets while enemies are respawning, the more you can take objectives while enemies are respawning. A lot of this game's play and counterplay function around when teams are either fully wiped or when just some champions have been taken down. I think that's about all we can cover with our current knowledge on micro and macro. So why don't we go ahead and move on to can you improve in all gameplay modes and kind of what are the best things you can get out of each gameplay mode. And not only that, but also I just want to say that we can definitely take some time in our next podcast episode and revisit some of these topics if Dave and Ryan want to weigh in on some of the things we talked about and maybe fill in some of the gaps that we don't have. Yeah. So look forward to that. All right. So something I wanted to check real quick while we had a second is i wanted to see not only what gameplay modes there are for just standard gameplay modes but what custom modes you can set up as well so i'm actually just opening the app real quick i'll check that out but the current gameplay modes offered in wild rift are intro bots intermediate bots pvp elemental rift aram and ranked for a limited time there was also earth or ultra rapid fire cannon which is its own fun little mishmash of uh ability shooting and fast-paced western style shootouts it's it's fun earth is fun in my opinion but not everybody thinks so looking at my co-host <laughs> not a big fan of earth right played it once and i didn't understand it didn't like it no and that's okay not every mode has to be for everybody that's that's why they have different modes that's true. That's very true. It's so everybody can have their own way to enjoy this game. And I think they do a pretty good job of creating a lot of potential experiences for people to enjoy this game. Yeah. All right. So for custom games, which you can set up to have you and nine bots, I think you can even do less than nine bots if you want, but you can do you and X amount of bots on the enemy team. There's Elemental Rift, there's ARAM, and there's three different types of picks. There's Tournament Draft, Draft Picking, and Blind Picking. I believe blind picking is where you, it's basically like your normal PVP intro bots or intermediate bots mode where you pick your five champs and then you see five random other champs on the other side of the field. You don't get to see who picks what or whatever. There's no counter picking. It's just, here's the five champs we want to play. And those are the five champs that either the bots are playing or that the uh, enemy team wants to play. That's also the case for elemental rift as well. These other types though, draft pick and tournament draft so draft pick is where you do pick back and forth between champs and i think they do banning as well i'm not sure exactly what the difference in tournament draft is so i actually have to play that mode and get back to people on like how tournament drafting works because i'm not 100 percent sure 
unless Emily wants to become Google the third and maybe take a look at how tournament drafting works. Where am I looking up? How do custom tournament draft games work? And so while she's talking about that, I also want to talk about another tab. Hold on. Do custom. How do custom tournament, tournament. drafts work? God, my brain. All our brains. It's not just you. It's everybody. All right. So there's another header underneath the play button when you log in. And it's the training button. And so you can practice a champ where you'll be able to 1v1 in mid lane on a normal summoner's rift map versus Garen. And I think it's Garen every time. I'm almost positive. But you can take any champ in there. You can level up as you see fit. There's actually a settings box that comes up so you can test different things about your champion. But that's more so you can try the buttons, try the combos, see what works, see what doesn't. Maybe practice farming and positioning and practice some more of that micro. You probably can't get a lot of macro out of your practice game. There's also the tutorials as well. And if you go through all of the tutorials, you get a free champ. So a reminder, please check your practice tab and go through your tutorials so you can get your free champ. And then we also have under normal, like I said, we have the bots versions, ARAM, PvP, Elemental Rift, and then ranked. So what can you get out of these, right? In any of these game modes, except for ARAM, I would say, because it's pretty different comparatively. But on any of the maps or game modes where you start on Summoner's Rift, you have a really good chance to practice your micro. You get a chance your you get to practice your buttons. You get a chance to see what your abilities do. You get to maybe experiment and see if there's some combos that you don't know about or how you can move one ability into another. A good example is Alistair has a charge ability that normally will bump the enemy champion farther away from you, kind of push him away. But if you combo his buttons just right, you can combo with one of his other abilities, bump into the enemy champion, and immediately hit a second ability that then knocks them up instead of knocking them away. And so that's a really powerful combo that you can practice in a practice game or in any version of a mode where you have the chance to practice your micro. And so these are things you should be constantly trying to learn, maybe learn more about your champion. And so reading up about your champion and their abilities and watching gameplay videos can be really helpful in learning the different types of things you can accomplish with any given champion in this game. Now, ARAM has its own version of macro because it's five people in one lane versus five people in that same lane where there are still some minions. So there's still some micro play. I do think that generally speaking in ARAM, most people are fighting the enemy champions and kind of just trying to, you know, hiya each other and that's okay. So in ARAM, I think something that people do is they kind of just get into the rhythm of hiya other champions and not really focusing on minion farming, mm-hmm. which can really help. I think a lot. And so that's another chance where people, I think, miss micro and can try to get better at it. Because clearing minion waves in ARAM is also really important. Because especially in one lane, when you have a team wipe, being able to push down the lane and start taking turrets is like an extremely important aspect of the game. I find it super hard to work on minions in ARAM. Mm -hmm. Like super hard. I kind of like forget they're a thing because I'm either trying to run away and stay alive from champions Mm -hmm. or killing champions and i completely forget about the minions yeah but they're there and they are important for sure especially when you take down inhibitor turrets and start getting super minions and so i think that aram is actually a really great place to practice alternating between your normal attack button and your minion attack button and your tower attack button obviously as well but i think it's pretty self 
explanatory in a lot of situations when there's no enemy champs around or whatever when you're going to be attacking towers. However, you can also lock onto structures and minions if you want to by taking your attack button and dragging it to the target that you would... I know that sounds weird. When I say dragging it to the target, like don't drag it all the way across the screen to the physical target. You'll kind of hold and move it around in a direction, kind of in the same way you would aim any skill shot that you use in League of Legends. You'll kind of aim the attack button in the same way and target the enemy you want to target. I think I have what tournament draft is. I don't know. All right. So tell me, what did you find? I just found something from the 2.5 patch notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says tournament draft features an esports style draft with phase champ select featuring five bands per team and alternating mm. champion picks. Okay. So if I understand this correctly, then tournament draft is different from ranked draft or so it was tournament draft and what was the other draft mode i don't remember now son of a friend of mine (laughs) the other type is draft pick so it's draft pick and tournament draft draft pick you'll do five bands first then you'll do five picks tournament draft you'll do three bands each first three picks each first two bands each then two final picks and so i think that's the difference in the game mode is it gives you a little bit more of a varied experience on how you're actually working your drafting. That makes sense. Yeah. And okay. So now that we've covered all the different game modes you can play and a little bit about like how micro fits in them, macro definitely mostly only matters for non ARAM modes. I would say the most macro you get in ARAM is kind of figuring out where enemy champs are when they're not supposed to be and running away from enemy champs when they are where they're supposed to be and making sure that you're just kind of positioning correctly, grouping with your team and taking advantage of any isolated enemies you get. Or as we like to say from our episode two, isolated Emily's. (laughs) And then you also want to make sure that you're not getting caught out or if a teammate's getting caught out, that if possible, you go and help them. This is a very big tip that not only I can benefit from, but my friend Derek can benefit from as well, among many others. If you see an allied champ about to die, it is not 100% your responsibility to try and save them. It is okay to say my ally has made a mistake and I am not going to fall further down that mistake hole and give the enemy team yet another kill or yet another opportunity to get another kill. It is okay to unfortunately sometimes just abandon ship and give your ally another chance to go purchase some items or whatever and rejoin the game stronger and better than ever. That's okay. You have Antonio slash Hispanic Link's permission to go out there and not help your feeding teammates. Yes. If they're going to feed, they're going to feed. And you don't have to feed, and that's okay. Yeah. Gotta know when to help and when not to help. Yep. It's very true. Very true. Macro. (laughs) Yeah. So macro... You can learn it in pretty much any time you're on the Summoner's Rift, which is our standard three-lane, four-jungle, one-river, two-nexus map. That is your standard League of Legends map, and any time you're on it, you should be looking for things like spare jungle camps, opportunities to help your allies, helping secure things like Rift Scuttlers or objectives. And that's, that's it. You can take these ideas that we're talking about here, and you can kind of apply them to any of these game modes and try your best to get better at them. Watch a lot of gameplay videos out there. Watch a lot of these other contents. 
that are out there, listen to other content that's out there, and try to learn as best as you can. I think when it comes to learning micro, it helps to be able to see what champions are doing because seeing it will help you emulate it a little better. But we can talk about it on here, and we can tell you these are the things you should be focusing on. But ultimately, I think researching is going to come down to those who want to learn even more beyond just the little things we're saying here. Do you got anything you want to talk about in regards to Wild Rift? I don't think so. You feel like we have a pretty good spread of information here? I mean, I hope so. I hope so, too. We're about 40 minutes deep. I gave what I could. And by 40 minutes deep, this will probably end up being a 30-minute mini-episode. Man, I can't believe our first mini-episode is going to be episode three. (laughs) That's okay. Okay. Next week, we can do maybe more of micro macro and i mean hopefully this episode will be easier to edit (laughs) that's definitely true so that'll be kind of nice i do want to talk about maybe some of the things that we have on upcoming podcasts i do want to talk about the idea that like we want to do some champion deep dives i want to talk Mm. about maybe our most recent patch notes that came out that are coming which are exciting so maybe that'll be our next episode next week is kind of discussing the patch notes and if they're pushed live at that point we can kind of talk about the reaction on our end of how we feel how things are going how we feel the champs have been updated and how that affects their gameplay we can talk about maybe some elemental rift changes scuttler changes rune changes we can talk about the new runes that have come out We can talk about item deep dives and builds. We can talk about the runes themselves and kind of go over that. Just runes in general, like, you know, the old ones that have been out and what they're meant to accomplish. And we can just keep learning about this game, really. I mean... There's 84 champions at this point or something. It's a lot of champions. Mm -hmm. Lots to go over. Lots of content. And I only play, like, two of them. I know. Emily has <laughs> 35,000 blue motes. I thought it was 38. Oh my god, that's not better. That's, that's not any better at all, actually. <laughs> so 38,000 blue motes. We gotta get you watching some Champs You Don't Own primers so you can see if there's any that look interesting to you. Yeah, maybe. Get some new Champs in there. 38,000 at 5,500 each is at least six champions possibly seven nope you need another 500 emotes then it's seven champions it's a lot i think i do have um emote uh not emotes i have more moats what am i looking for i have moats boosts more blue moats boosts as well i think i have a couple i think i have like seven What's kind of nice about the blue moats boost instead of the team boost is that I kind of will just actually, so when you use them, you can use the max amount if you want. And mm-hmm. each blue most boost doesn't just boost you for one game. It boosts you for three. Each individual boost card boosts you for three oh. games worth of blue moots. So I'll just, I'll load them up and just send, like, I'll just spend just them all immediately. Yep, because no matter how I play, I'm going to be getting blue motes. And no matter how I use the blue motes boost, they're just going to give me extra. So if I end up playing a couple bots games or whatever on my blue motes boost, like that doesn't bother me any because every one card gives me three games. And so like that's totally fine. Over nine games, if three of them are intro bots, like, yes, I'm losing value, but I guess I'm okay with it because ultimately I'm just getting extra value that I wasn't promised anyways. Well, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I guess they can use those and then maybe get seven champions. I just, I don't know. I also haven't been playing, like, a lot recently, so I'm not really interested in learning new champions at this time either. No, that's fair. I think that's fine, yeah. I think, you know, taking breaks from things that you like or enjoy can help you prolong the enjoyment of them, too. I'm Mm. just a hardcore obsessive type personality where, like, anytime I get a new hobby or anything I really enjoy, I go deep in it. Yeah. You are going deep in this. Yeah, for this one. Like like creating a podcast for Yeah, it. isn't that crazy? <laughs> but hey, I th- I'm having a good time with this, honestly. I think it's a good way to just kind of consistently get out there in the market and hopefully, like, honestly doing this podcast, like, when I first got ahead, those, like, man, I really want to have big numbers. I want people to look forward to what I say. I want to give tips. And now I'm kind of just enjoying learning the little bits about it and, like, having small successes and having my friends listen to this podcast. Like, that's great. And if other people eventually start listening to it and getting stuff out of it, too, that's great, too. Yeah. I definitely have been, you know, putting work, making sure that we have, like, a basic intro that highlights some of our social medias. The social medias were some of the first things I built because I wanted to actually get a hold on some of the URLs and usernames. And so, I don't know. I think taking this one step at a time is good. But if any if anyone out there that's listening, you know, wants to get more involved, please reach out to me. We're definitely looking for people to, like, mod our Wild Rift Reddit, subreddit, mod our Discord and maybe get some help posting some social media posts too. Because as much as I am loving this and as much as, you know, I am trying my best to get more and more involved, sometimes I can forget about things like making, you know, some posts consistently. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Especially when you have other things in your life going on too. Yeah. Checking in, keeping things, you know, safe and clean and making sure people are updated. But I think this soft launch has been good because it's getting us in the habit of recording once a week, then getting me in the habit of making sure that I budget enough time for editing to be able to post before we record the next week. And then like, so I think slowly but surely I will be able to get into more habits, like making sure that I post our episode updates on our social medias and stuff. It's just taking time. I really am inspired by like the, oh God. they So there's one podcast that keeps changing the name. They started off as the King's Court. Then they're the KDA podcast. Now I think their podcast is called On the Set and Attack Baron podcast. Both of these podcasts have really, you know, given me a lot of insights into how people talk about the game and kind of what things they're looking to get out of them. And also just like what beginning podcasts kind of start off as and, I think they definitely have helped get me started, get me inspired to start, and also given me some good legs and platforms to be able to jump off of by like some of, you know, I'm assuming some of their early struggles, learning how to chat, learning how to have conversations and record them, you know? Yeah. These things aren't necessarily the most easy thing. I mean, it is a little bit easy, right? Like you can Google search and Google research a lot of things and learn about how to make a podcast, but actually doing it is also like a next step above that. And then actually releasing it is, is a next step above that. And then posting about it is another step above that. So maybe eventually we'll have our own little company with maybe. employees that help us. Whoa. Never know. You never know. Beardfish gaming coming to a wild rift podcast near you what one of my favorite uh podcasts did they started out with two people and now they have a whole company that 
Like they have researchers that research their what they're going to the talk about. Is that the My about. Favorite Murder podcast you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm. And they have other podcasts in their umbrella. That's like, awesome. Yeah. They've been gone for, I think it was six years. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, you never know what could be the next big thing to blow up. Could be us. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. So I think the main things that we're going to want to do is uh, make sure that we keep track next week of where your blue mos are at and then dive into some of these other topics that we have prepared. I'm going to honestly, I don't know which of these we're going to dive into. Generally speaking, anytime we record, we've only had time for one or two of these topics at any given time. The first the first note page had five topics. We got through one of them. So <laughs> over ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Def I wanted to make sure we had enough content to talk about just in case we like blitzed through it really quick or whatever. But I do want to say that I'm gonna leave this next one as a surprise because even I don't know what we want to talk about. I honestly think I'll refer to you, Dave and Ryan, and kind of figure out like, okay. What do you what do you guys want to chat about? What do you think's the next big thing? So. Okay. Yeah. With that, I think we can close out tonight, don't you think? I think so. All right. Oh, my cat just meowed. I wonder if that will be in the podcast. I wonder if our cat needs I didn't will be hear in the podcast. it. Oh. So, I think you have to bring him closer. Do you want to meow again? No. Okay, that's okay. I love you. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Hopefully with Ryan and Deakleaf. Hopefully. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.